Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. If you want to go back straight, will you come out with me? I will, of course. That would be a first. That's a promise. You're going straight again. <laughs> that would be a brilliant one for prime time. I will I will let you know if the single life of a lesbian is not working out for me, I'll come back. Thanks. That's lovely. <laughs> you wouldn't like it. Eight kids. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I met my next guest on the podcast on a flight, a Ryanair flight, over from Cyprus to Ireland. I'd been there for a Christmas break with my family and I recognised the person who was sitting down beside me. She kind of had platinum hair. I recognised the face. I knew that it was something to do with entertainment and politics and then it twigged while I was sitting right beside her that her name was Maria Walsh and that she had been the Rose of Tralee and that she was now an MEP. And I knew then that she was a politician because she was stuck into a big documentary, a new documentary that I think is out on Netflix, about Donald Trump. And so uh, I struck up a conversation very idly, and soon um, she recognised who I was, and we started talking. And we had a fantastic uh, three-hour, I'd say, conversation, and my, my wife and kids were sitting in the seats behind us, and she even struck up a relationship with Bellamy, my daughter, and Dash, my son. And so I said, listen, I'm going to definitely have her on my podcast. So my guest on this episode was crowned Rose of Tralee in 2014, and she's pretty much been in the public eye ever since. She came out publicly for the first time, just days after winning the contest, making her the first ever openly gay Rosa Tralee. Then in 2019, Maria was elected as an MEP for Midlands Northwest constituency at the 2019 European Parliament elections. In doing so, she became the youngest Irish MEP in the European Parliament. We chat about her experience growing up, not just in Ireland, but between US and Ireland. At the whirlwind that was her victory in the Rosa Tralee, the opposition she experienced when running for election, and that's quite actually emblematic of all the social media stuff that's going on right now. Right-wing politics and lots, lots more. And I was always admired strong, independent women. Yeah. And, and for me, it wasn't about a sexual attraction. I, I always had a very balanced view of if I meet somebody and that person makes me happy, it was never about a gender for me. Wasn't it? You know, over the years, it's been, I don't understand, particularly in America, are you a recovering alcoholic? Yes. Because you're Irish. Did you come from a family of, a, of alcoholics? Yes. That's why you don't drink. I don't understand. I'm really unsure about you. And I came down the steps and my dad grabbed me and was like, I better not get a call from the planning office tomorrow morning. <laughs> like most, most dads or mums are like crying their eyes. Yeah. Like, oh my God, my daughter has just become the rose of tree. Yeah. My dad was like, I swear to God, Maria, mm. if I get a phone call tomorrow morning... Yeah. Hold on now, Maria, because I've worked it out actually mathematically. Yeah. I'd say I'd need 16 pints, right? Four <laughs> shots and three Jägermeisters before I'd get off with Ian Dempsey. Yeah. My full chat with Maria Walsh is coming up. Uh, but listen, I'm having a great time um, going around the country at the moment in my brand new show, Gift Grub Live 23. Um, we've just done, actually speaking of Mayo, I just did Mayo on my opening night, the Castle Bar. Fantastic. Uh, at night and then the second night was Athlone and uh, this weekend I'm doing two nights in Kilkenny and then a huge run of shows in Cork if you want to get tickets to see my show they're mostly sold out but it's at ticketmaster.ie Mario Rosenstock Um, Maria Walsh is coming up but because she's an eminent politician we got access to her voicemails guess who was ringing in hello this is Michael O'Leary 
I believe you two met on a great value Ryanair flight from Cyprus. Well done. Maria, if you wouldn't mind campaigning for reduced levies on aviation, I'd be very grateful. And also reduced levels of assholery in the EU in general. Thank you. <laughs> Maria, remember this voice. It's Dahi O'Shea. Shkelp! Any party pieces? No, you don't. Only joking. We're gathered around the computer here. All the various different presenters of the Rosa Lee from the past. Red Darcy. How are you? Marty Whelan and myself. Can't wait for this. Maria, it's Panty Bliss here. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're both from Mayo. You know I come from Ballon Robe, don't you? Oh, anyway, I just wanted to ask you. I'm on a roll at the moment on Dancing with the Stars. I just wanted to know if you knew how to enter um, the Rosa Tralee. I just want to do it just to see Dahi's face. Thank you. Maria, Enda Kenny here. Boom, boom. This is the one I've been waiting for. I'm locked and loaded. My helmet is on. And I'm about to do a circuit of Island Didi and Westport. Let's get it on for the next hour. Can't wait to hear what you say about me. Boom, boom. <laughs> and don't forget, exclusive comedy every week on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Um, all right, let's get straight to it. As I said, I met Maria on a flight from Cyprus on a Ryanair flight, sharing our volcanic paninis uh, and the winning streak uh, 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 scratching cards that we were looking at. Uh, and we had a wonderful chat. And I said that I would revisit the chat uh, and get her onto the podcast. And so we started on the subject of that flight. We met. We met on a plane in a European country mm. uh, called Cyprus yeah. uh, in, uh, over Christmas. And we met on a Ryanair flight coming back. Yeah. Oh, was it Ryanair? It was Ryanair, yeah. where, where, every, where every good friendship starts, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, just for anybody listening, uh, for uh, just in case I get, for transparency reasons, uh, you know, the two of us were, were slightly nervous uh, flyers and we, right. we worked together mm. on that five and a half hour forgot flight. forgot that actually. Beautiful country, Cyprus. I should stress that as yeah, and I don't like flying. Yeah, well, you know, you get used to it after a while. In 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 my occupation, but it's mm. it's always nice when you have a nice person to sit beside and talk about the ways of the world. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, that's why you're here because I had an absolute ball talking yeah, yeah. to you. Um, because if, the, the best way to divert yourself from a shit flight <laughs> is to get involved in a conversation. This is no reflection on and Ryanair. This is, and this is, oh yeah, no, but this is, oh God, you're so careful. Look at the political. Very good. Well, I'm trying to lobby uh, Ryanair to fly direct to Brussels yeah. from... Uh, Sorry, you just said your first not, call. Uh, oh, first call coming in. Pascal Dunne, who's on the line. Oh, Say hello to Pascal. Hello, Pascal, nice to see you. Hello, Maria. And it's very, very good to hear you on the podcast with Mario. I'm listening intently. As the most important person in Fine Gael. <laughs> of course, we will be monitoring every syllable. And I, that's not easy for me to say. That comes out of your mouth. And first of all, may I congratulate you on sidestepping the, the Ryanair question. <laughs> and the way you complimented Ryanair while he was, he was trying to pull you into his trap. And you didn't accede. Thanks, Pascal. So I, 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 li- I listen back on your interviews, Pascal, and that's how I learned to perfect that. Well, I'll be... Li- yes, exactly. <laughs> so careful. So careful, aren't I? You be careful as well. You know I can get nasty. Yeah, of course. You know I have a steely side. <laughs> so just be good. I'll be tuning in. Go on, Mario. <laughs> Thanks, Pascal. Thank you very much. So you see, that's the problem I have. All these people listening in. I know. So if you want to divert your attention away from a shit flight, and it was nothing to do with Ryanair, it was just to do with just, just nerves, uh, get involved in a really great conversation. And you and I really had a brilliant conversation. We did. 
for those of you who don't know who Maria Walsh is, she's beautiful. Oh, I hope you don't kind. mind me saying that. No, no, you're too kind. Platinum haired. Yeah. Falling it's out platinum, as we speak. Platinum. It's platinum colour. It goes you look like a, You colours. look like erasure in 1986. <laughs> um... Beautiful yeah, woman I, I, and uh, platinum haired and um, she's a member of the European Parliament and as you know listeners I'm, I'm mad into the politics and everything and so I really kind of wanted to get to just get to my heads around this politics business and she really did help me with it all and we'll go into the, a bit of that but also of course she has this amazing backstory I'm, I, and again you were the Rose of Tralee I was, I was. And it's funny when I talk about the Rose of Tralee um, or I get great questions like that. A lot, some people assume my life started uh, just in 2014 when I got crowned the Rose of Tralee. <laughs> uh, I came out, I, I, I had arrived on Earth. So but anyway, you were, I'm, you I'm were, old now. Maria, old. you were born in 2014. <laughs> I wish, I wish. And when you came out of the womb, Dahi went, <laughs> would you welcome please the Rose of Tralee? <laughs> Philadelphia, I can still hear him now. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange to think in 2014, representing uh, Philadelphia and then being crowned uh, the International Rose of Tralee which for anybody who knows me particularly our Rose of Tralee year and I say class uh, between um, multiple roses and great escorts I was Miss Congeniality like Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was dropping a few uh, plumos Irish words. Mm-hmm. I, I was swearing a little bit. I was there for fun. I had my 10 days holidays because I was living in obviously Philadelphia at the time and Americans give uh, holiday time a little bit differently. So I was going to have fun for 10 days and then head back to uh, to to Oberwalia. Um And it was, yeah, a surreal moment uh, mm. to, what? Just, to be crowned. I noticed I look back at a video there earlier and thought he has his beard and it's all a big it's a brown beard uh, it's a grey beard now but it's a brown beard back then and uh, there he is they take about half an hour to announce it they go and the winner is <laughs> and they do this scanning of all the roses and you're there actually like a deer in the headlights I am and a lot of people assume you know a couple of days later when my my orientation hit the headlines that it was that that at first uh, shocked me and it really wasn't. I, I had known my team, you know, my team and my boss in particular was watching the show mm. um, and I was panicked in a, I had told him, don't worry, I'll be back and I'll never take a holiday time mm. ever again. And then the rose happened um, and I was thinking, how the, how the hell am I going to have this conversation with my boss to say, mm. oh, it actually did happen when I told you you're being an Egypt for thinking I could ever win it and you know, materialize yeah. that way. So, plus the fact then uh, it all happened. And on my on my interview, I remember uh, Dahi had asked, uh, as Dahi does, uh, I had said, I live in Mayo and I'm from Mayo. By technicality standards, anyways, through movement of a house, I could or could not be living on the Galway side. Uh, but I'm a really staunch uh, Mayo GEA fan. <laughs> so he picked up on that. And I had said, the Shrew River runs under my house. Therefore, in my estimations I'm a Mayo woman and I came down the steps and in all the flurry my dad grabbed me and was like I better not get a call from the planning office tomorrow morning <laughs> like most most dads or mums are like crying their eyes like yeah. oh my god my daughter has just become the rose of tree yeah. my dad was like I swear to god Maria mm. if I get a phone call tomorrow morning yeah. so it just goes to show you the reality of yeah. how uh, of how things And you didn't do any party piece really did I you? I did not. You refused I... to do that. You knew the mechanics of television and all this and uh, embarrassment and everything having worked in television yourself as a 
Kind yeah, of I, my undergrad stuff. is journalism, mm. and uh, I was always planning to be an. And were they trying to make writer. you? Or were they trying to make you do yeah, a party? Absolutely, were. Mm. But I had been a runner long enough to mm. see the crack mm. uh, and the cameramen and soundmen laughing behind mm. the scenes. So mm. I was like, I'm not up. Plus, I don't have a talent mm. other than uh, talking Ramesh. So mm. uh, I put my foot down, but they really pushed, uh, mm. and I said, Abs- no. Yeah, like, how do they push? They go, Can you sing? A, do a poem? Can yeah, you sing? You can or or we heard? You know that whole. Yeah, do they we sing? Heard, yeah. We heard you're really good. Uh, mm. uh, singing I was yeah. like no yeah. no I'm actually not and they're yeah. like no no we heard and I'm like well I don't know who heard yeah. uh, like it's not happening yeah. we need to move on now yeah. um, and you know and then there's some beautiful talents and I at the time was old enough in terms of roses I was 27 so I was quite old mm. um, and I didn't plan on being single for the rest of my life mm. and, and every August coming up <laughs> as a meme so I was like no be solo forever I was like not, not happening yeah, yeah. now just after you became Rosa Trulli, am I right in saying this, that you came out publicly? Publicly, yeah. yeah for, not privately. For, yeah, private. I had been living as a gay woman for multiple years. Um, but when I you fr- say that now, what does that mean? Like I, well, I came actually quite late. Uh, I, I, met a, I met a woman when I was living in Philadelphia. Um, so from 2012, I was um, in, a, in a female relationship um, and had told all my family and my friends. That was since you were 25 then? Uh, yeah, about 24, 25, yeah. And, and just briefly before that, just before that, about uh, uh, when did you, uh, was that the first time you'd come out to anybody yeah well that's the first time I had met someone who was the same sex as me and who I was attracted to um, really yeah yeah that's late I know I know okay thanks thanks for shaming me there Mark. no no I'm, I'm only investigating <laughs> no no I can I'm sure people uh, listening would feel the same so I when actually, you were 14 did you not feel no, I feel an attraction towards towards women no, I always had a, an admiration and it wasn't really an attraction. I had an mm. admiration towards, I used to work as a waitress from, from a very young age mm. um, in a guest house near me and, and I was always admired strong, independent women. Yeah. And, and for me, it wasn't about a sexual attraction. Um, mm. It was more about, oh, I love how they carry themselves yeah. or they're, you know, they really hold their own. Mm. Um, and it was only when I met... And I, I should say, at, at various points, even in college or when I first moved to New York City at, uh, at 21, I, I always had a very balanced view of if I meet somebody and that person makes me happy. It was never about a gender for me. Wasn't it? It really wasn't. Um, I mean, do you mind me asking, did you feel in, did you feel that towards men or a man? Well, I was attracted to men. Yeah, you know, were I you? Had, I had dated men um, uh, very short periods of time. Yeah. Um, and I always felt, oh, well, they're not for me or it just didn't feel right or, um, you know, in the romantic setting, it just didn't it didn't feel yeah, comfortable in I know, it. Click, and then when you met this person, and I met this person, and, 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 and something kind of came together in your mind, which went, "This is right." Yeah, I I, I met her, and uh, she happened to be playing football in Philadelphia that summer, um, like that great program that brings uh, great players out to Irish cities and Irish American cities, and and I happened, I introduced myself, and I was like, for whatever reason, I had um, an energy towards her. Uh, is the best way to describe it, um, and not not long after then then uh, we started dating. And, and did you ask her out? I did. Yeah, yeah she didn't I ask so, you out. No, no. But she, she uh, thanks again. But thanks she again for stressing. Uh, but she she accepted. She said she did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she, we dated for about two and a half years. So at some point over that period, she <laughs> said, "Yeah, Grant, I, I guess I could call you my girlfriend." At some stage of the stalking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some stage of like knocking mm. at the door. This must have been like a huge kind of voyage of discovery for you that happened quite quickly. So from from realizing that 
the person, this person that has entered my life, I'm attracted to them. And mm. it feels, to paraphrase, right. Mm. Then to move to asking them out and then to kind of being out with them. Yeah, I jumped to multiple steps. Yes, and to be you, honest were, you were with, going through multiple steps very quickly. Yeah, and for full transparency, I, I, I believe in therapy um, and talk therapy in particular. And uh, I'm probably working through, I am working through a lot of those missteps even now. Um, because mm. for me, it just, I accepted it. Um, it was no no surprise to me. But when you look at that, I I, I blocked uh, or compartmentalised a lot of big feelings. I, I, that's very interesting. Mm. That's something I haven't heard talked about much. And I'll, I'll just plough in completely unknowing what I'm saying almost. But did you Save exper- space, Mario. Did you, have Save a, space. did you have any experience of shame or, mm. or and on the other term, joy? So, for example, I'm trying to imagine what it's like being in that situation where you go, I've jumped all these steps, but I now feel ashamed because uh, of, of how, I f- how I didn't feel for all those earlier years in my life. Or alternatively, you could go, now I feel this insen- incredible sense of joy that I've discovered yeah. who I am. Yeah. For the first time, a powerful question. Uh, for the first time, I felt uh, joy in the presence, in the, pre- in the present, I should say. Um, where I was really excited to walk the streets in, of Philadelphia with a person that I was building a partnership with. That was the first time I had felt that. But within all of that, I also felt a very sense, uh, a very heavy sense of guilt yeah. and not necessarily for uh, the missteps, but I, I was really excited about this new chapter in my life and because I was a living away from home and, you know, in, in some ways because I really wanted to uh, share with my family, but I wanted to do it right uh, uh, and sit sit everybody down and say, I've met this person. Um, but I wasn't able to do that until the Christmas time. Um, so every time I get a great phone, time for it, Maria, great time for yeah, everybody's busy. The shrewd <laughs> Christmas dinner. And by the way, Dad. Well, I have a story to there. I couldn't get anybody around the table. I was like, I would like everybody. I just want to, you know chat to everybody and they're like we're too busy for you Maria so I had to start picking people off one by one it, it was actually they just ruined my 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 cl- closet moment and Maria this was about your partner not it's, about your sexuality it was so or was it no about well it was, it was kind of about both like I had met somebody and I wanted to introduce them um and and I didn't really rationalize the fact that now I'm a gay woman the 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 putting of a box didn't really happen for me um and which looking back now, I can say I jumped so many steps because probably guilt, uh, probably internal shame. Um, I would be hard pressed to find somebody who is of LGBTI plus community um, who, who, and I don't, I shouldn't generalize, but let me personalize for myself. You know, there was a sense of at various points, homophobia of myself. An internal homophobia, mm. um, oh, which is which is which is really a shame, uh, hatred towards being different um, or feeling different. Um, when you start putting words onto how you feel in a in a sexual orientation way, I think comes a lot of heavy societal pressure, some inherited, some generational. Um, and but I remember sitting down. Um, my younger brother is also gay. Um, so two out of four in our family Um, and I remember telling him and my sister and there was a sense of ah well you know just 
you know, enjoy your life and don't tell anybody. Um, and then my sister quickly moved on to an issue she was going on with, with her boyfriend at the time. And I was like, oh, my God, it's hard to get a break here uh, to, for everybody just to say, Jesus, let's sit down with this information. Um, then I told uh, my mom asked me and I think uh, that's true. I think one parent always perhaps figures it out a little bit sooner than the other. Um, she'd asked and, uh, and and we went through that conversation. And, and I knew I was never going to be fortunately going to be ostracized or kicked out of the house or but there was going to be a weirdness because people have to adjust you know um myself as well as my my family and then when I when I spoke to my dad um it was fascinating to me because you know I I'm of I'm, I'm of spirituality I I I I go into Catholic church uh I, I go to confession I I challenge some of their teachings um but for me there's a sense of belonging there um and you know one of the first questions and we didn't grow up in a religious household by any means but one of the first questions were you know what about uh what about you know religion and then what about your job will you be alone um will you ever have kids all these big questions and i i i remember at the time having a profound sense of calmness towards it all knowing that i have to i have to be calm um and saying at any point I don't know the answers to these and you got to give me time to figure them out uh, but know that I will be fine and everything will be fine um, and when I talk to and I do a lot of Q&A's particularly over my Rosa Tree year and then and, and now as as a political rep um, I get asked about my orientation all the time one being I love this question it's like how can you be gay and then not drink so I'm a pioneer so I abstain since yes. uh, for, for life and and there, you know, which I don't, is, I don't link though. I've never linked those two in yeah, that Venn diagram. Well, well, it was more this. I, I, I often get it and I love it because it usually mm. comes from uh, the Joker in the classroom, and he's like, I just don't understand how you couldn't have drink and then go up, and and make out with someone of the same sex. As you. Like, <laughs> how does that work? And then culturally, actually, when you look at the Irish romantic that is so perfect scene, <laughs> like for Ireland, it, yeah, yeah, it's like I tell you, I'd say I'd need. <laughs> hold on now, Maria. Hold on, Maria, because I've worked it out actually mathematically. Yeah, I'd say I'd need sixty points right four <laughs> shots and three Jägermeisters before I'd get off with Ian Dempsey yeah. but why aren't you drinking yeah well and then you get into you know over the years it's been I don't understand particularly in America are you a recovering alcoholic yes because you're Irish um, did you come from a family of, a, of alcoholics and yes. that's why you don't drink um, I don't understand I'm really unsure about you definitely I don't and know that exists in Ireland in. as well Maria oh absolutely but you know it's what? rife but there is yeah. more and more I mean uh, for example I think um, in the last 30 20 years and even maybe more specifically 10 a lot more kids these days uh, take care of themselves physically. They're so health conscious. Yeah. More health conscious. Yeah. Boys so, in particular. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of boys and girls are well used to, to being together and saying, I actually don't drink. Yeah. And it's why? Well, back well, in my day. Is, I go to the gym and you don't. <laughs> yeah. So so actually it's perfectly normal now. Yeah. And I think that's a really healthy part of oh, our society. I think, a, I think it's a gorgeous part and much mm. needed. You'd asked earlier about, um, you know, uh, shame and, and, and inner hatred you know, not to throw shade at the community because there's a lot of stuff going right and, you know, politics is not helping uh, like our trans community by any means. Um, but it was fascinating to me around uh, marriage equality and I was, a part, you know, obviously I was the International Rosa Tree and it was apolitical and I remember being challenged at various points uh, by journalists or or by those in the community saying, you're not using your podium enough uh, to 
help the cause. Which was always interesting to me because I would talk to anybody on the street who wanted to talk to me about being gay or when I did school visits, which I did so often. I was living in two places, Philly and then uh, my weekends uh, here in Ireland or Friday Friday to Monday, whatever needed to happen. And I was having these in-depth conversations with young people um, about orient- you know, about orientation, feeling really comfortable and who you are and where you're coming from. And um, and I remember after, and it still happens now, unfortunately, there was a, there's a little bit of, well, you just didn't do enough and actually that's probably where uh the inner the inner shame really excelled for me um that's a little bit uh brussels bubble speak there sorry but like it 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 was always fascinating to me it's like but what is enough for another um what what is enough you know me not being on posters for marriage equality would i've liked to absolutely but i i was i was an apolitical ambassador for an Irish festival uh, that celebrated internationally. I was doing as much as I could in in the podium I was gifted, um, having honest, hard conversations about being gay, about being a modern woman, about what a modern woman looks like and feels like, uh, about being a pioneer as well as being gay. Like there were so many things I was talking about um, and sharing. And then there was always a sense for some, by some, that I simply wasn't doing enough. Mm. And it was always, it even, it, 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 it would impact my work now, even in, in the LGBTI community in or mental health space or equality space that I do in the parliament, being like, I really have to work on what I can actually do and what is another's assumption of what they expect me to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does, it yeah. does, it does. And, yeah. and do what you can as well. Yeah, well, I mean, listen... Would I have, as I said, would I have loved to have been on the posters for marriage equality and on national media yes. talking about it? Absolutely. Anytime I got asked a question around uh, the the marriage equality, I was like, of course, I want to get married in the country I was raised in. Yeah. Um. And 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 that's really where I would hope people just come to the polls and make their voices heard and vote count, which added to where I am now in the European Parliament like all those little stories you collect and and, and you hope you okay. deliver on There's just another couple of calls coming Oh in. yeah great uh, It's Pascal again if you don't mind <laughs> Oh no I told you he's keeping an eye <laughs> Say hello to him Hi Pascal Hello Maria It's going very well so far Just keeping my finger on the pulse here If you wouldn't mind love just steer the conversation away from posters <laughs> Thanks Okay Getting a bit it's just getting a bit icky. You're quick, Mario. It, You're quick. It gives me the ick. <laughs> I put the ick in the quick. Oh, okay, so, so please, posters. No shit, Pascal. No shit. That's it, right? Okay, just I talk about gay. I've done it all with Leo. We've been there. It's fine. <laughs> just posters. Mm-mm. Okay, thanks. Bye. I'm still listening. Jesus, he's, he's, he's sharp. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't miss a trick, our Mar- Pascal. Miriam O'Callaghan is on the line as well. Oh, Say hello. Hello, Miriam. Hi. Hi, Maria. Well, look, I just want to ask you a question. First of all, it's incredibly... Um, you're excelling in this conversation. I feel gifted. <laughs> um, running this one up the flagpole. But anyway, um, if I could just ask you, Maria, you're from Fine Gael. Mm-hmm. You're gay. Why didn't you come out with me? <laughs> Uh, you know what? It missed, I mean, a missed opportunity, Mary. Like missed opportunity. Everybody that's Fine Gael and gay <laughs> is coming out with me. Anybody else I Leo, know? <laughs> Richard Bruton. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. It's next week. I'm really sorry about that. Um, but no, I mean, we could 
We oh. could pretend it never happened and just, you know, you could talk about the shame. You are so bold, Miriam. <laughs> Miriam is really bold. But I mean, the next time you're coming out, if you want to go back straight, will you come out with me? I will, of course. That would be a first. That's a promise. You're going straight again. <laughs> that would be a brilliant one for prime time. I will I will let you know. I will let you know if, if the single life of a lesbian is not working out for me, I'll come back. Thanks. That's lovely. <laughs> you wouldn't like it. Eight kids. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> 64 breakfasts a week oh that's crazy mm. oh god she's brilliant My- she, she often calls into the podcast does she yeah she's a big fan of the podcast so anyway one of the things was so when you came out and you and then and then and then in 2014 when you won the Rose of Tralee and then after the Rose of Tralee you came out publicly it was a very interesting time in Ireland because mm-hmm. in 2015 the Marriage Equality um, Act was passed mm-hmm. and that profound was a profound moment a profound moment mm-hmm. so at the time it's like as if you're Zelig or Forrest Gump. All of these things happened to you while they were happening internationally or nationally. Yeah. Um, do you feel proud? You don't have to st- spend too long on this question, but do you feel do you feel proud of the the distance that this country has come within that regard? Do you think we are addressing this whole area with goodwill, good faith? Do you think we're being led by the right people? Do you think we're doing a decent job on it, or? Or do you think we could do a lot more? Or do you think that as countries go, we're not doing badly? I do love I do love when you say don't spend too long in this question. You've asked about 25 million questions in <laughs> okay, one question. On, no, yeah. I kid. Um, yeah. um, I think, you know, I'm I'm really proud of our, our wee island uh, and, and the length it has gone to in terms of equality as a whole. With that said, you know, I look at uh, other countries and trans rights um, and we're by no means uh, on equal par and what I often try and remind myself in my work or when I do Q&As with schools is you know across the LGBTI plus community certain letter levels or certain letter letters sorry certain letters on that faithful Monday or that f- faithful May day in 2015 um, entered into the world of equality felt it, had a country support it. But other letters didn't and our trans community didn't by any means. So if I was transitioning, um, my my by even starting my journey, um, you're looking at eight to ten plus years. Um, and what I often try and remind, which it annoys me right now because the amount of coverage that a certain individual from AO is getting, mm-hmm. which is infuriating, um, is that's a small minority that's not reflective of the country that came out in 2015, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And the second is, we have sit, we have people in this world, in this country, who every morning get up and have a shower and don't feel the person that they are f- physically is them. Yeah. And I couldn't even imagine the mental health challenge that is. Like, I, I couldn't even fathom... Um, but in speaking to trans community members and activists, then you hear stories of they, you know, they enter into a really dark depression, some anxiety driven, unemployment issues, like it's family issues, those conversations. And then I often, you know, I can't take for granted then the conversations I had in an easier way with my parents because, yeah, I happen to be a lesbian who dates other women, but I'm not a trans community member. Um um, so that conversation would be would be different. Um, 
and I, it's just, it's just, it's just so hard. Um, so from an, from an Irish context, yes, we're doing well, but there's so, there's so much more work that we need Does to do. Does it help that we have a gay uh, Absolutely. Prime Minister? Absolutely. Yeah. When we get to a place, uh, and I know it now, uh, when, when we get to a place where um, Leo and myself and many others, when we walk into a room of, of any room, be it political or otherwise, uh, and the first thing that is not known about us or discussed about us or the first biased thought is, well, they're gay, um, then we know we're in a world of equality. We're not there yet, uh, but someone like Leo in his position um, um, forces other conversations and people to really address their discrimination. Mm. Silently or publicly, it doesn't matter, um, but it certainly elevates us as a country mm. um, and has, and forces perhaps other conversations to happen. Yeah, yeah I really yeah, I really yeah. believe that. Yeah. You, yeah. you mentioned posters uh, earlier on, and no, sorry, the Pascal, or sorry, Pascal called in there and mentioned posters, but it did remind me of something else. Because mm. um, then you ran for the European Parliament yeah. And isn't it correct, because I think you told me this on the plane as well, that during it, uh, if you can try and, because this is kind of insidious as well, mm-hmm. during your campaign, a brilliant Facebook campaign was being run on your behalf, almost, but except it wasn't. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a ghost campaign. It was an imposter campaign. Yeah. And it was there to destroy you. Yeah, and sadly it wasn't just on Facebook. It was uh, on Google and there was a website developed um, still at large. Um, and th- there's sometimes where uh, I think about this and I'm like, I should really give out the website so people see it. And then Do I'm you like, want to? well, it's Maria Walsh for Europe. But I ask people to only maybe click on it once mm. and show friends because the more you click on it, uh, the more it goes up on the search Rankings. optimization. Yeah, optimization. Uh, and ideally it stays, you know, on whatever page it is on Google yeah. because I think that's better for society but I'm a bit biased in saying that but yeah really close to the end of the campaign to polling day bear in mind first campaign uh, didn't really understand the rules and terms and conditions of, of running uh, we didn't grow up in a party house so um, when I say this was my first campaign and my family's first campaign this was it and uh, I'd written an op-ed about young women uh, getting into the agricultural world. So I grew up in, as I mentioned, rural Ireland. So part-time farming was as much part of my DNA as 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 being gay is. Um, and uh, I wrote this op-ed, and I got a I, we got a phone call to say we're really sorry. You know, we thought we tagged the article to um, to your website, but we've since found out that's not the case. It's it's a hoax website. Um, and fortunately, Fionnagala headquarters kind of stepped in because it was so close to the end to try and work with and, and really, uh, sadly, negotiate with the likes of Facebook and Google to have these things removed. Because on the website it is, um, I'm brainwashing children. Um, I'm doing a disservice to the, Ar- uh, the Ireland that we were. Um, I claim to be... Catholic, but yet I don't even follow the teachings. Um, I'm not worth the the pennies that would go towards my salary in terms of uh, cost. Um, I'm not a representation of rural, like various things. Now, if you actually go on the website, it is very professional looking. And I would say a considerable amount of of cash went into it, which is super sad. Um, But what's also really sad is enough money was spent on Google ads and Facebook ads that if you type my name, it was the first website on on Google. And if you type my name into Facebook search engine, uh, it was one of the first ads that came up. Yeah. Um, so that means a lot of money backed it. Um, 
you know, as a public rep, I think it's really important to fly because there's a hell of a lot of of hate and discrimination, particularly towards women. Um, but there's also <clears throat> this that I often go back and forth on with my team to say, but I don't want to flag it because it gives more 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 coverage to a, a really hateful uh, conversation that yeah. that I don't believe exists in yeah, the country. There's another interesting aspect to this mm-hmm. that I'm interested in, and that is that he has been enabled mm-hmm. not just by uh people or groups or a feeling out there. He's been enabled by hundreds of years of Catholicism and the enshrinement of the Catholicism at the heart of our Mm -hmm. constitution. And he brings that book in and he shows you that book and he'll throw that book in the judiciary's face. Mm -hmm. And he asks the question and many people would say it's legitimate. Even I, if I was his barrister, would say he has a legitimate point illegitimately um, carried out by him and awfully perpetrated in my view. Horrible, um, unfeeling, um, unempathetic person. And those people are are full, in my my view, of spite and hate. But they are being enabled by Bunroch Naheran. And he can hold that book and he can say, you know, what about religion? Mm. And that's a problem we have. This... The status of this, he in religion is standing by him, you know, or or a version of religion is standing by him. Yeah, I I would agree with, um, you know, I do, I do agree with do you. you. See what I'm I do, saying? yeah, yeah, no, I do for sure. I think in his world, he's coming from a position, yeah, an honest place. Um, and I often, I mean, I joke about we all have issues with middle management. Um, when I get asked how can I be gay and also uh, declare myself a Catholic or a spiritual person um, and I, I always go back to that that when I get to the pearly gates uh, if I do um, that that the question will be did you serve your time on earth with gratitude and and uh, and support of another and yeah. um, and that sounds quite lofty um, oh it doesn't but that's I th- not lofty, Maria. Well, I well, I think that's lovely. But that's, then, when, but when you, were you Christian? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, but when you look at someone uh, like uh, that, that person and that family, then you're and and they're not the only ones. And I truly believe they're being bankrolled from um, the great state of the United, yeah. <laughs> the United States yeah. uh, of where I was born. Yeah. Um, and that's super sad because uh, there's a belief system. Uh, unfortunately, and I see it in European politics too. I see it in with the only the 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 EPP group family that that we sit in. Um, that you know, there is a fundamental belief that uh, the LGBTI plus community, women, uh, people with disabilities, people with uh, different abilities, people with skin uh, skin color differences, uh, to them is uh, is a second class citizen um, based off religious teachings. But I, I I meet regularly with my parish priest. I've walked Caminos with the bishops. I have gone to Loch Derg uh, and served my penance for the three days. I have gone to Mount Mellory's. And I, I'm not saying this because uh, I want people to say, which is fair play to her, but it's more, I have sat with people of great religious belief, uh, of teachings uh, who then teach and preach. And my orientation has nothing to do with our conversations. Yeah. So 
we can all skew and change and, and play unfor- play a game. The unfortunate thing about your parish priest is he has colleagues who have the same yeah. standing as him per se who will say that you mm. are um, immoral and you violate God's laws. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the quote that Martin Sheen gave our, uh, President Bartlett on mm-hmm. the West Wing. where mm-hmm. um, Well, he, at the end of it, he said, in this room, when the president stands... Yeah. We all stand. stand. Yeah, uh, you're 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 a super yeah. fan uh, yeah, like he, myself. But he, should, he said he said he said uh, yeah. Well, he said among other things, he said you know should I should we stop playing football because um, we touch because a we pig's, touch a pig's, mm. a pig's bladder? Mm. Um, should I um, kill uh, my workmate because he chooses not to observe the, because he chooses to work on a Sunday? Should he be executed for working on a Sunday? This is the Bible. Yeah. But like that, we we pick and choose. Um, or those who feel uh, who feel hatred towards another picks and chooses yeah. the argument, uh, and picks and chooses um, text to suit a narrative. And I'm really conscious too, and not to take away from from this really serious topic, but I see politicians do that too, um, and it's a real it's a real uh, issue we have with extremisms of left and right. Um, you know, that we take certain narratives, um, we find something to fit, like a biblical reference, yep. and then uh, that is all we stand on, yeah. um, which or, is absolute BS in my eyes. It is. Or there's mm. another side to it as well, and that is that people are fed up. They are impatient. They're fed up. They're they're angry. Mm. And one thing that people love when they're impatient, fed up and angry is a quick fix solution. Yeah. And a quick fix solution is offered always, always religiously, to use the pun, mm. by the far right. Mm. They go, you, you see your problem. You know yeah. what it is. It's them. Yeah. It's the hook nose guy. He wants your money. He said they're all the same. And that's what they do. Yeah. It's the black fella. It's the fella from Poland coming in and taking your job. It's them Ukrainians. There's no war going on in there. What? No war? Yeah, did you not hear that? Doesn't Putin doesn't exist? It's not even a war. These Ukrainians they're just putting being put in by George Soros and the reptiles. Ah! Suddenly you're just talking absolute gobbledygook. And the sad thing is though, when you see enough online and you follow in your own bubble enough of that noise, that becomes the Bible. It is, but I unfortunately believe. the the brilliance mm. of the internet, the beauty, the glorious lightning, transcendent, fantastic beauty of the internet has also got the dark side, which means that these people find brotherhood and kinship yeah. online. Yeah. So that, for example, the Flat Earth Society in in Ireland, or sorry, in Ireland and in the world has never been bigger. I know, I know. <laughs> it's never been bigger. Yeah. Like, there's a, my brother. 30, 30 years ago, the, the Flat Earth Society was shite. <laughs> they were just there, lads, I'm thinking of packing it in. Lads, there's so many pictures, right? I think we're fucked here. And then the internet came along and went, lads, I think we're up and running again. I hear there's 50 lads called Tony over in Arizona who believe it's flat. What can we call them? No, we just click this shit. Flat shit. Come. Now there's like 400,000 of them. My my brother, Kevin, uh, would love the shout out. He 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 shared this. Uh, flat Earth, is he? Yeah, no, no. He shared this uh, this video that was doing the rounds last summer about um, this girl in America saying, um, my uncle, I'm going to do dogs. I'm going to do dogs because I'm not a good as a personation, but did this piece on I uh, flat earth believer uh, that I would. Uh, my uncle went on his fishing boat and he went way 
excuse the, the, the swear word put in, I won't put it in. Um, what does it way, mean? Way, way over there. He went yeah. way fucking over there. Okay. And we never seen him again. Right. And the, like, she was, she, the sad thing is, she was so profoundly um, uh, authentic in her delivery that you're like, wow, that's, that's our, you know, Tony O'Sullivan on, on CNN is doing a great coverage yeah. of walking up to people in a really Irish way and having these great conversations. And you're thinking, wow, I mean, there is so much belief yeah. in the disbelief. Um, yes, that's right. And and I, I wonder, though, and this is probably where I, I kick back this. Yeah. Are we losing the critical thought? Like, are we not able to rationalise with all the information being thrown at us and we pick and choose, pick and choose, pick and choose all day long, hundreds of times a day? And then we just get lazy in yep. in our in our thought process. Yes. And then I wonder, you know, why podcasts are taking off so well outside of the fantastic Mario mm-hmm. Roosevelt. Uh, uh, um, are they taking off because people want to be a part, the belonging piece is missing so much that they want to be a part of an honest conversation? That what we read on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook is a load, is a very small, minute uh, picture of reality, truncated, and that yeah, and that a podcast or or honest conversation where I would imagine only years ago of an Irish uh, a rural setting where you'd sit around at someone's kitchen table on a Friday evening discussing what happened in the week, yeah. uh, discussing the politics of the day, having a good argy bargy with somebody. It. You you'd really wonder, but then it, but then we seem to be then separating the ones that consume. And lack critical thought in my my belief yeah. to others like your good self who are asking really challenging questions yeah, well, and opening up the space for yeah. you know what I said this but last month I said that and correct I'm learning and that's, that's it. okay too and that's exa- you've raised mm. the you've raised you've just hit the the nail on the head about why I actually am sitting in front of a mic the reason I'm sitting in front of a mic is because five or six years ago I wanted to do a, a tele- radio show a radio show that for want of a better word myself and Patrick were talking about. The, the idea that the new rock and roll is in the middle and the middle being that there's there's far left, there's far right, there's far everything. There's, but actually there's common sense and there's thought and there's critical thinking that can exist in the middle. Yeah. And I wanted to have a radio show which did that and it did. Mm-hmm. And uh, She's for, getting squeezed though, isn't she? Uh, that middle piece is getting squeezed. It is, I suppose, yeah. But it worked. The idea worked Amazing. on the radio and I wanted to continue it into podcasting. Mm-hmm. But it worked on the radio to this extent. I wanted to bring people on the radio not only that I agreed with but that I fundamentally agreed with I fundamentally disagreed with yeah. and I didn't want them to fight yeah. in fact I decided after a while I wouldn't have them on at the same time I didn't want to have a debate I didn't want two heads in debate I didn't want balance I will be the balance but I didn't want this thing of good evening and welcome to black and white on my right is black and on my left is white yeah. black you say you hate white white you say you hate black but black you're not great and white you're not great either fight amongst yourselves yeah. quiet I can't, no, no, I can't don't talk over white black black don't talk over black that's all we have time for good night no arguments is fixed with that so what I would do for example is get somebody who I picked somebody who I admired but I disagreed with pretty much everything they said <laughs> Love it. And his name was David Quinn. And you know who David Quinn is. And David Quinn, I had him on my podcast and I had him on for about 55 minutes. And he learned quickly on my podcast that I wasn't having him on to to entrap him or to ambush him. Just to understand him. Just to hear him out. Mm -hmm. I let him talk. And after I let him talk, I let him talk some more. The maximum I said was, but why did you, what does that mean? I said, even for example, what is a conservative? 
And he explained to me. He knew I wasn't taking the piss out of him. And I thought that was an excellent exercise because a lot of people who were of my frame of mind contacted me after the show and said, I thought that was really interesting hearing where he's coming Mm. from because he wasn't fighting fires all the time. He was allowed to talk. Um, I wanted to see more conversations like this. There's too much fighting, in other words. There's another phone caller on the line. Oh, yeah. It's Enda. Oh, hi, Enda. (laughs) (laughs) Maria. I heard that uh, you were speaking about me on the, the podcast. They kept saying I was in the car and they kept saying, well, we all know the fellow in Mayo we're talking about. That notorious figure hanging around in Mayo. And I went, well, I better just ring in and report for duty here. How are you? How are you doing, Enda? Oh, Mayo lot. for Sam, and L- Mayo for Sam. Do you know the last time they won it? I was born. <laughs> 1951. <laughs> 72 years ago in April I was born and they won it in September You wouldn't have a word with them no one I'm telling you I'm telling you now from Shrule to Bohola I'll tell you we'll be we'll be I'll tell you but anyway what am I talking about I don't know sometimes I start talking and I don't even know what I'm going to say what was I going to say oh yes I'm the most important man and that fellow in Mayo I didn't do anything to your posters <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm very nice about posters. But anyway, <laughs> that's great. Do you want to go out for a cycle sometime? Love to. Boom, Love boom. To. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> well done on the pioneer business, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Do you know what? There's still time for me, you know. <laughs> there is, of I course. I might go gay. Do you know what? Why not? Your wife is too fabulous for you to be saying what? things like that. Come on. She's had enough of me. She's had a good slice of the pie. Uh, uh, a nice bit of Enda. Uh, myself and Ringer. I was going to say something about your cycle shorts, but OK. Well, what about myself and Ringer? <laughs> do you reckon Ringer? Do you reckon Ringer's gay? Absolutely not. Ringer. <laughs> He's a bit conservative. He's incredible. I know. Boom, boom, uh, Ringer. Ringo. Pull on Ringo. Uh, Ringo star. <laughs> <laughs> Enda, thanks. Thanks, Enda. I'm telling you, he's weird. I've met him before, right? And uh, I met him at uh, in the Harlequin Hotel in, in in Castle Bar with Ian and everything. And uh, and he gets into some funny conversations. Yeah, he's a pint am- of Smithics with him. He's a, he's a rambler. He's amazing memory, though. He does, yeah. Uh, I met him. I, I flew in uh, for the Plough Championship, which is like my mini Christmas um, as a international rose tree. And I flew in just for the day and. Um, um, and I met him and he was able to tell me my name, where I came from, a uh, little bit of backstory about who I am and where I'm coming from. And it was phenomenal because there was thousands of people around screaming at him, uh, some some in a protesting way, some in a, you know, a, a Fine Gael diehard uh, party members delighted to have the Taoiseach at the time uh, near them. Um, and he he was able to just to zone in on who you were and where you were coming. It was it was it's a skill set. It's a skill set it that is. I certainly don't have. Do you know who else has it? Mm-hmm. Miriam. Really? She has it. Is she is mm. she, she going to join us again? Is she? Or? I don't know if she's going to join you, but she yeah. has that thing. Oh, it's, it's powerful. It's kind of Clinton esque. Mm. It's that thing of the person fixes their eyes on you. Yeah. They shake your hands and you go. I'm the only person in the room. Uh, she has that. She did it to me once at a restaurant and uh, and I, I, I kind of smiled at her and, you know, it was like mutual, like you're the guy that does me. But anyway, I thought I might get a bit of a frosty reception, right? Yeah. Oh, no, it was warmth. Ooh. And the eyes were engaged with me. 
And I felt you're going to get in trouble. You I know that, felt right? utterly under her spell. Amazing. Yeah, very attractive. You heard it here now, folks. Very attractive. Per- that per- is how you woo Mario. <laughs> you corner me in a room and yeah. fix me with your well, game. Not even in the room. Walk up in the street. Go up Grafton Street. And just find you and fixate yeah. on you. Maria, I am. Um, there's so much more I'd love to talk to you about. Um, and I and I mean that genuinely, and I mean it so much that I would I would love to ask you if you would come on again at oh, some I'd stage. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, we'd give yeah. it a little breather. But but thank you very much for coming on, and I really enjoyed it, and for continuing in the same light as our conversation on the plane. And I suppose I'd finish by saying this: that there was another famous MEP from Mayo mm-hmm. many years ago, and that MEP was most famous for going on the television Mm -hmm. and saying, paraphrasing this, Well, gay, I'll tell you now. I have a house in Brussels, I have a house in Dublin, and I have a house in Mayo. And I'll tell you, try running three households at the same time. It's not easy. Okay, there he is. P. Flynn, everybody. Just killed his career. Live on the late, late. But what I want to say is that that was what represented us 30 plus years ago. Mm -hmm. And that you... I am very proud to say, are the kind of person who represents us now. Oh, a person who actually cares about oh. what she's doing um, rather than a person who is basically just in it um, to win it. Um, so much. listen, your your heart is in the right place and oh. that's why I was delighted to talk to you. Oh, thank you. And just a shout out to the listeners. I guess this is a great sign of you never know where a conversation will lead you. Uh, so chat to the person beside you on the train or or, or the airplane. Um, and True. and you might you never know where the richness of conversation brings, plus the many personalities who joined us today. Yes. And <laughs> little Bellamy says hello to you. She says, oh, the girl on the plane. It's my daughter, Bellamy and Dash and uh, my wife, Blonde, says hello. Love it. Oh. Maria, thanks. Thank you. My thanks to Maria Walsh, MEP, for having a chat with me. And I'd love to have Maria on at some stage, other stage, um, in the podcast in the months um, to come because there are other meatier issues uh, that we could get stuck into. If you want to contact me, it's mariorosenstock at gmail.com. I uh, look at them all and I answer about 95% of them. Um, take it easy. I'm on tour around the country. Check out Ticketmaster if you want to see me live. And I'll see you same time, same place next week. <laughs>